You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ben's got the full flow going. You look tan, Greg, and a little skinnier. You dropped some LBs. I did, but uh, the tan thing—I might just, it just the be haircut, the the weight. You're get, are you are you like uh, like like Denver like brunch scene ready now? Yeah, summer yeah. Greg. You're looking good. Thanks, I just uh, keep getting grayer every time I go on camera. So <laughs> that's my problem. You are you are looking very like partner level cpa right now with the with the patagonia thing. yeah the beard is the, bear, the beard is very silver foxy thank you silver fox is quite the compliment and they got the hair kind of parted funny i was just say they're like the nice little like comb over that's definitely partner partner haircut you got like a i'm gonna rename you in the chat to, to in the chat to chad with that haircut Great. and you know what it works for you wow uh so so this has turned into a like a very um like girls telling each other how great they all look thing and i'm glad because that's fun Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a healthy version of the Touchline Media Group. Uh, we are healthy; nobody else is, but we all are in good spirits at the moment. Uh, I, I that that sounded like people over at Touchline Media Group are not healthy. They're fine, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, I've not heard anything uh, to the contrary. Um, why are you speaking this into existence? Just yeah, I know. I'm, gonna, I'm done. This episode is brought to you by uh, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever uh, Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, given that the last time we played a window, uh, Blue Wire decided that it was time to take <laughs> ads from Alberta, Canada, I assume we are going to get a ton of ads from uh, San Jose, Costa Rica. Um, or just any Mexican resort town. And yeah, like, like, uh, Cabo. Smith Workforce Management Group brought to you by Teotihuacan. 
Zewatneho, which I'm not sure is real. Is it real? I think it is. I like to think so. Which that brings us to <laughs> which brings us to my next point, which is I'm Asa. I'm the twig. I'm your host. I'm here with Napoleon Gregg, aka the stump, your co-host, as well as our permanent soccer guests, Ben and Kevin. They have nicknames, but I don't remember what they are. Um, at some point we went over this. I think Kevin is uh Sam Squamsh. Did we was that a thing? Probably. All right, cool. Welcome, guys. Um, so we are here to this is it, guys. We we have been together for 11 of 14 games of World Cup qualifying. We we we've been together for a Nations League, a Gold Cup. And every time we've gone together, we we've always said, well, but the goal is to qualify for the World Cup. And gents, it's time to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, so we are here to preview the last window. We are here to look at the roster. We are going to make the same same complaints that the rest of uh U.S. Men's National Team Twitter has made about a very specific dude who doesn't have hair and hangs out in Germany a lot. We'll get there. But um, before we get started in sort of like the the norm, our normal, uh, our normal sort of cadence of going through the roster, who's missing, why are they missing, you know, would we want somebody else, et cetera. Um, I just want to say, how are we feeling, guys? Cautiously optimistic? Yeah. <laughs> Cautiously optimistic. All right. Uh, it's yeah. Cautiously optimistic. And the, 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 the trick, the whole thing, though, is you could feel cautiously optimistic going into the Trinidad game four and a half years ago. So I how did. good can you really I feel? I did. In fact, I, I was not cautious in my optimism. Going yeah. Into. I was like, Oh, we got this a point. Like it, it'd be a, a, a an absolute. We just... didn't even need a point. If you remember right. correctly. We needed either a point or for Mexico right. to uh, do us a favor. That's what I was saying. A comedy <laughs> of errors uh, as far as results go for us to not make it. And and that's really not the case at this point. Like, if the, if we go out and lay an egg in this window, like, we don't go. Nope. We don't All go. All of our dreams are still in front of us. I'd feel a lot less cautiously optimistic if everybody could stop getting hurt at the last second. Uh, that would, I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be great. If 2017 hadn't happened, I'd be like, why are we recording a podcast? Let's just like move on and start thinking about the draw. But 2017 happened. So you're right. We are all the children of 2017. Do you not think that we're going to record a podcast the minute that draw drops? Come on. Uh, Obviously we're going to do that. Um, So, so we have some, some, some stuff in terms of let's, let's, let's start with the uh, the keepers because um, we have a, a return. A guy who, who's, who's back in the fold. We have a guy who we didn't think would be back and is. We have a guy who's out because, and we're going to talk about U.S. Men's National Team Twitter because the reasons why Matt Turner is not here is subject to one of the funniest, I'm going to say days of USMNT Twitter ever. Um, I really enjoyed it. But so, so just to, to read them off, we got um, Ethan Horvath back from the dead, Nottingham Forest. Uh, he played today. Uh, he, he lost to Liverpool, but it wasn't his fault. Um, it was the referee's fault for not calling offside. Yeah. That's one V one save too. Yeah. He, he, he did the thing that we like, he keeps doing, which is like, he's good at playing keeper and he just doesn't play a lot, but that doesn't make him not good at it. 
Oh, he um, might have just taken the job from Samba. So let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, definitely. He, he's probably not going to be uh, be dancing so much, is uh, he? So, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so the I mean, thing- it, that was there for the taking. I mean, it, yeah. it, this wasn't even like a pun or some type of like a We're not a British podcast. You don't have to pander. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, when you said pander, do, do you guys remember that song, Panda? Um, yes. Panda, panda, panda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I could hear was panda, 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 panda. Uh, Saying panda with a British think, accent. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I think we found the new theme music. Uh, panda. I, I, we, we've got center backs in Atlanta. Um, the other guys are. Mm, we do. <laughs> that was good. Uh, the other guys are uh, Sean Johnson, uh, who plays football for the City Group in New York, and Zach Steffen, who plays football for the City Group in Manchester. Uh, they both are paid by the same people uh, who happen to be putting on the World Cup, I think. Wait, are they Emirati or Qatarian? I don't know. Those are very, very big differences in terms of their countries. So if I'm wrong about this, I apologize to whichever one I'm wrong about. I really don't Middle know. Middle Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, so the guy who's not here... Um, the big name, there's, there's two guys who I thought were going to be here who are not. Um, one is the, is the big name, Matt Turner, he uh, of future Arsenal stock, uh, which brings me to one of my favorite days on U.S. Men's National Team Twitter ever. Uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about or do I need to explain this? You need to explain this. Does All anybody right. ever know what you're talking about? Nope. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do, but I don't want to step on your toes. Take it I, away. I appreciate that. Um, so there was a guy, I don't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it was like an anonymous account who's like, my sources tell me that the reason why Matt Turner is out is because he got frostbite in Minnesota. And for a day, a full on day, people were like, this is, this is, this is why Burhalter needs to be out. The USSF, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, immediately Bruce Arena, who's the head coach at New England, and everybody associated was like, no, he hurt his foot in the preseason game that he played in against LAFC. You all watched him play. How does any of that make sense? I wish um, they had taken it a step further, like that Olympian who got frostbite of the dick three times. They should have just said that it was frostbite of the dick. Right. I mean, like, go for broke. I was going to say so, go nuts, but... So, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure we need to devote a segment to this, but I've been, I will leave usernames out of it because I don't want to give unnecessary attention, but have you been following the certain account who is creating burner accounts to defend his main account? It is amazing. Froderick the chef. (laughs) Is that fair? Are you, are you keeping, are you keeping score of how many have blocked you? I'm up to three. Oh my gosh. Like I've yet to get involved, but I'm, I'm lurking on my periphery, just enjoying every minute of it. (laughs) I got blocked by the main account before I know who knew who that was. So I don't even know what I did. I think it was just knowing Adam. Basically at this point, anybody who comes in saying Bobby Wood is our best striker is like, Oh no, another one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the funny thing is that it's like, you don't come in with your most identifiable take. Like, if I start making burner accounts and all those burner accounts did was talk about how Owen Otisawi is the six of the future, people would figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> Owen Otisawi, who's recently started a concierge service instead of playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, well. 
I mean, you go yeah. where the you go where the money is. <laughs> uh, I, it got so bad though. Like, the, but Bobby Wood or Bobby Wood's mom could come in and be verified by Twitter <laughs> and say Bobby Wood is the best striker. And I'd be like, no, that's a burner. Right. That's that one's not real. <laughs> this is you took uh, this really elaborately, but that one's a burner. <laughs> Collar's uh, fine. It's a perfectly normal collar. Find a new angle. Um. Well, with without giving unnecessary oxygen to um. Whoever that is, and whoever that is, if you if you would like to uh, to to come on the pod and no. defend yourself, no, not welcome. <laughs> not welcome. Like like we've said on previous episodes, there like we have a very close to an open door policy, uh, but certain people don't get don't don't get to come in. Uh, Dallas Morning News reporters and you, you know who we're talking about. I assume you're gonna you 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 you've added us about takes that we've had. Um, we don't want to hear it. It's fine. Um, You've blocked two out of the four here anyways. So anyways, U.S. Men's National Team Twitter is dumb. Uh, we're all very much part of it. But um, the Matt Turner thing was, was I, I, I really enjoyed that because like it's one of those things that doesn't make sense on the first read, but somehow on the fifth read, you're like, yeah, maybe he did get frostbite. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. no, he didn't. That doesn't make so- sense. No credibility to that report. But I do remember thinking like after the game, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this like a 14 day window. I'm like, I, I was curious if I was going to hear something coming out of that. Cause I remember immediately after the game, Reggie Cannon on Twitter, his ears were like really swollen and like, not just yeah. not what you wanted to see from like your professional players. So I was wondering if there's something that would bubble up. So there was like a little bit of like a, huh, I thought something was going to happen, but that's how confirmation bias works. Yeah. Um, that was like when Ace and I said something about, I think it was uh, Pepe coming in late from Europe on the last window. And then like six different people in the, in the main accounts mentions came in and shared a report. There's like, dude, he's been here for three days. It's like, oh, we were immediately proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I feel like maybe like we should, we should get into the business of making up rumors for likes and retweets. Um, because apparently like you can, you can absolutely skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, the shit out of this. You can be wrong all the damn time. And nobody seems to really call you on it. It's amazing. Yeah. Jimbo could still go to LSU. I called that <laughs> just elongating the length of time and took me to call it. And on a long enough timeline, everything will and has happened. So, you know, like that's, that's how parallel universes work. And as a believer in the multiverse theory, like why not? Okay, Flash, move on. Hey, I've seen a Doctor Strange movie. I know what he's talking about. Uh, what's interesting is that I was not referencing no. DC or Marvel. I was referencing Dragon Ball Z. So mm. who's the nerd now? Still you. Still me, yeah. Um, always, always you. Um, so, so, Kevin, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned our friend Reggie Cannon, which sort of get, brings us to the uh, Defenders. Um, the stated list is not the real list. Because some things happened in Barcelona. Oh, wait, by the way, can mm. we talk about can we talk about today's game? I didn't watch any of it because I was working, but um I think it's really oh, funny that oh, Barcelona Classico. Dropped, yeah, dropped four yeah. on Madrid's head. For the first for the first win against Real since 2019. So it took them three years. And uh I think all four of them were in the first 60 minutes. Uh yeah, that's just delightful work. Uh Javi, you've you've we, we like you again because you're playing Dest, and it turns out that my my affection or non-affection for managers other than Pep Guardiola uh, is directly related to whether or not they play the players I want them to play. Hey, I'm very self-serving. 
And if someone so, doesn't play my players, they just don't understand how to identify talent. You know, right? Obviously, it's it's it's, it's the reason why. Um, like uh, whoever I I used to know who the manager of Leipzig was right now, and now I don't. But uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's the uh, Nagelsmann. No, oh, it's uh, Tedesco. Tedesco, yeah, yeah. Um, so are we talking defenders in general right now, or are you on fullbacks? Uh. I usually like to start with center backs. So let's start with center backs. Um, so weirdly, we're sorry. Can I cut I, in here? Yeah, I was just going to list them, but you know. Oh, okay. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, the center backs are Aaron Long, Eric Palmer Brown, Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, and I, I really don't think James Sands. Like, I want to be clear here that I don't think James Sands is a defender. Right. I think he's emergency six and emergency center back. He's just kind of like, he's there in case of things going wrong in any case. Yeah. Uh, well, so Ben, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, this might sound weird, but like center back is the biggest concern I've got looking at this roster. I mean, looking at things, Zimmerman is the only one in good form long. Yeah. I guess long is kind of in good form, but like he hasn't He's... played for the national team in forever. Miles is playing bad. And then from there it's Palmer Brown and Sands. Like who are you putting out there? Zimmerman and who? I, I mean, it's it's Zimmerman and Miles. I think is like the game, but like I, I look, I'm I'm with you. I actually when I when I first saw the roster, um, one of the first names I saw was Cannon, obviously because of alphabetical, and like the first thought that popped into my head was three man back line, right center back Reggie Cannon. Let's go, which I was super yeah. excited about, and that is never going to happen. happen. Yeah. Never going to happen. Um, like it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, I, I wonder how many people outside of this podcast are as devoted to the Reggie Cannon right center back, uh, experiment as we are. Um, Bovista's manager. <laughs> I mean, Bovista's manager seems to believe in it. Um, although I th- was, was he playing as a right center back today or as a right mid? I didn't check. Yeah. Um, uh, so Fatmob, uh, I'll, we'll check you in a second and you'll let us know because you are never wrong. Um, <laughs> And if he's not playing in the position that I think he should be, um, the conclusion is that I have a better soccer mind than, you know, a, a man coaching in a professional division and he doesn't see, know what he's doing. See, you get it. We're yeah. getting consistent. See, we're consistent about this. Um, this so those, those are the center backs. Um, the big snub and really the biggest news out of this entire camp is that John Brooks kicked Greg Burhalter's dog. All right. So do we think that do we think that John Brooks is just stylistically a not not a good fit and hasn't played well at the US? Do we think there's some sort of personality conflict with Burhalter, or do we think it's some mishmash of all of that? So so I want to go on record about this because I I I've obviously when when the news came out, like I thought about it pretty much as much as I think about these things. But Here's he. I would have said prior to this window. I and, and look, like I'm not like a Burhalter out guy, you know, whatever. Prior to this, I would have said it's because he's slow, and when he turns, it looks like a battleship trying to turn. <laughs> um, and like I was cool with that. Like I was cool with like Greg Burhalter being like, oh, he's not in good form because he doesn't want to say the dude is ancient and can't move well. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that he's in great form. We are down our best center back, as far as I'm concerned. Um, we have a need in breaking down two low blocks that we are going to need to break down. Um, and he, now it's, now it's, he can't do the things that I want him to, to do in detail. If it had been consistent in the explanation for why he wasn't there, 
I would have said he just doesn't like the way that he plays. And I would have said, fine, you know what? Like, I get it. You know, we really, really like the way that Jesus Ferreira plays center forward and we'll get there. And we really don't like the way that certain other people play center forward. That's fine. You can have preferences for style of play. I think that that John Brooks kicked Greg Berhalter's dog. So he's pulling up some like deep cuts. Like it's one thing. All right. Aaron Long has always been like on the periphery of like the conversation. And oh, if he's healthy, when will he come back? But like Eric Palmer Brown is just kind of getting like plucked out of nowhere to keep Brooks off of this roster. When was the last time he even got called up? Like, I don't I know. I think it might have been under Dave Sarakin. Like it, it's a long time. Like it, was, was he part of that? He he wasn't even part of the call up in uh like the Northern Ireland Jamaica call up, was he? It, it's I don't think so. bizarre, and I, I don't didn't play. I don't want to skip ahead to other position groups because I still want to talk about this a bit more. But like there are some other like sacred cows that Burhalter has kept on the roster for multiple cycles now, and they're not here. Yeah. So like. This is the one gun. This is the one thing that he's like really sticking to. Where he's like, I'm going to be very like particular and like kind of like at odds with like conventional, like or or like, um, like the the community opinion about who should be on this roster. And he's gonna he kept Brooks off. It's it's very strange. It, I mean, Palmer or Palmer Brown is playing for a League One team. I mean, they're towards the bottom, but he's playing better. And for a better team than McKenzie, who's been getting called in regularly. So I don't hate it. It's just, it's just, uh, it's strange. the Sands. The Sands call up, because the last time we saw him, yes, he was put in probably like uh, an unfair position in that weird like 3 4 3 and got, he got pulled at half. But it isn't like he, he, he's been riding the bench at Rangers now mm-hmm. for a while. It, like, I don't, I just, I can't justify player for player. Anything that Sands can do, Brooks can at least somewhat do, if not better. I mean, I mean Brooks can't play six. Yeah. Sands can Sands play six. six though? Like that. Yeah. He, uh... I mean, he, he played it in, in New York. Um, yeah. I, I, my, my thing with, with, with Palmer Brown is like, look, like I'm glad to bring up Palmer Brown. Like if he's, if he, if you, if you look at him and you say like, he can do the job. Great. Cool. Um, and, and, and from an age perspective, I think that it, it's useful in four years. You know, if Justin Shea doesn't hit, as a lotto ticket. Great. Cool. The more guys you get in, the better. The time to bring him in is not Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, right? The time to bring him in was three windows ago. Three windows ago. Yeah. I don't know. He got called up in March of 2021. So I guess that would be the last, last time. I mean, I think Berhalter at this point is just completely leaned into the archetype of athletic defender, forget forget distribution like none of these guys like Zimmerman I guess is a decent distributor but none of these guys defensive like like Zimmerman's thing is he's a killer in the air which right well that's what I'm saying like none of like he a lot of times wanted a pat he wanted Reem he wanted Brooks Mm -hmm. he wanted somebody in there could distribute from the back none of these guys do that anymore like I think we're just full-on leaning into we're not going to give up goals we're going to press high and hard which like okay which like against Mexico works. Like I'm actually cool with that. Like like as a game plan against Mexico because you're not going to get get it out of the back against Mexico anyways. But you're not going to get pressed high against um, Panama. Like they're going to be in a low block. I mean, you're not convince me. I think Brooks should be there as an option if it doesn't work. But if you're just looking at who's there, they're yeah. all the same kind of guy. And th- there's e- even if you never plan on starting Brooks a game, there's a there's a 
game state where in the 60th minute against Panama, if you're just absolutely beating them to, to death in the midfield, you're circulating the ball, but you're looking for that like one final goal. Well, don't pull off one, one of your first choice midfielders. You bring on Brooks, who clearly, 100%. if you're dominating the game, right. And then that's like, I, I think it was Klinsman got killed for that one time. I can't remember what game it was where he like, we were like down a goal or we were chasing the game or something. And he like subbed to like center backs. Um, and hey, you know what? The last time that John Brooks was subbed on, that I remember as a center back in an important game. Didn't he get a header in a World Cup? Like, uh, might, maybe got him. <laughs> yeah. Might have so, happened. It, Who's to say, really? It, um, it just seems odd at well, this it's point. Like I, nev- I never hated when Klinsman brought, um, what was his name? John Alan Gordon. It was like, well, he's not a very good soccer player, but he's really tall. Really so tall. He's an option. So, like, I don't hate Jordan Pifog. Like, obviously, he's scoring goals, but like, even if he doesn't start, you know what? It's useful to have a six foot four guy that can win headers to put in there in the 70th minute if you need it. Like if we've been reduced to pumping in crosses, let's not aim at five foot eight Jesus Ferrer all game. You know what I mean? There's extremely likely like fact patterns that would make Brooks very useful in a game that I'm, I don't see as likely a scenario where I'd be like, man, I really wish I had James Sands right now. (laughs) That's just my, I get I that he's like coverage for like multiple positions, but so right now on, on my TV, I on mute. I have the LAFC game going right now. And Kellen Acosta is playing right back. You can't tell me <laughs> that with like two hours of prep, you couldn't sit down Kellen Acosta and say, Hey, tonight you are our depth piece at center back. Like I'm convinced he could do the job because he's a winner. So <laughs> having James he's Sands Shane, like Shane Batty, huh? positions, screw it. Kellen Acosta could do it all for us. I'm telling you, I believe in him or I, I believe in the human spirit of Kellen Acosta. He's a nice guy. I follow him on Instagram. He seems like he's a solid dude. And I like, him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a, make it a little bit easier for you. What if I told you that we have a right back, who plays center back at his club sometimes. So if we really, really needed a center back, that right black could deputize the center back. And that same Kellen Acosta could play right back, which he plays for his club. All right. But he might be our starting six at Mexico. So, so do we, are we going for it at Mexico or no. are we going to play like backups for 60 minutes? And then if it's like a, if it's a winnable game, you put in the, the big guns and 30 minutes left and says, try to win this thing. Or yeah. do you like, go for a broken game one and game two? So we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to the previews of the games. Uh, I, I we, we we are still on center backs and we have a number of positions here. But uh, I'm good for like four hours. I've been I've know, been but, holding uh, all but, this in for so long. Right, because Kevin does not have social media. He's certainly not on Reddit. He's certainly not on Discord. And if you find him there, give us his apps because we don't know what they are, but we would love to know. Uh, um, if you want to find his Reddit app, just start trolling the weather forums. He's, we've he's, been over this. <laughs> you find someone who posts a lot on weather and MLS, and you will find our boy. Um, <laughs> yes, there's like one person in this whole country who's probably <laughs> regularly participating in those two communities. So, yeah, you got me. There's a weather community? That's right, baby. We're not doing we'll talk this about that. We're not online. doing this. Again. We don't We're just like check again. the weather on our phone and be like, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, it appears that Ben subscribes to the Family Guy theory of weather. Uh, what's the weather <laughs> going to be? It's going to rain. Okay. <laughs> so we have fullbacks. Um, we thought that we were going to have a super informed right back who plays for a team that just uh, dropped four on um, Carlo Ancelotti's head. Uh, but we don't because we can't have nice things. So our fullbacks are um, Reggie Cannon, who I mentioned, 
Uh, we played right mid today per Fut Mob. Awesome. Uh, we have uh, DeAndre Yedlin, who, as I mentioned on Twitter, is Elrond. El- uh, Elrond, yeah. Uh, left backs, we have two of them this time. We do have two left backs this time. Not because <laughs> we're of. planning on it, but <laughs> we, uh, we have Jedi and we have Bella. Um, Jedi is going to play 270 minutes. Uh, George Bellow is there uh, for kicks. Although people forget that George Bellow had a really, really good game defensively against Mexico. The last I, I was going to say, I wouldn't be shocked if with a couple of, with deaths not being available, I wonder if that was like the last straw where Berhalter's like, you know what, maybe we like just run fast, try hard at Mexico. I'd be and, good with it. I would be as well. And you, and you just let Bellow do his thing. So, so the reason I, I mentioned Yedlin as uh, as Elrond from uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, there you go. I was gonna say you have to explain who that is. Not everybody's a huge yeah, nerd. Yeah, uh, as established, <laughs> I am a huge nerd. Uh, Elrond, played by um, Agent Hugo Smith. Agents. I was gonna. I was gonna say Agent Smith uh, <laughs> is uh, notable because he was there when the Courage of Men failed. He was there when the ring was subsequently destroyed. DeAndre Yedlin played a very, very big part in what went down in Trinidad. He's back. He's important. He's going to be playing in a do-or-die game. Make no mistake that when we go against Panama, it is going to be DeAndre Yedlin on the field. You can say you want Cannon. You can say you want a three-man back. It is going to be Yedlin. Come to terms with this. Be happy with this. It is what it is. I feel like Yedlin is just like uh, Frankie Hayduk reborn. He's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, they're obviously very different personalities, but like really fast, not that good. Uh, technically, <laughs> everybody loves him. I don't know. I guess everybody doesn't love Yedlin. But, I, I mean, um, I love Yedlin. And, and if you're asking me whether I wanted to put a Lord of the Rings character on the right when we had a Star Wars character on the left, no, that didn't enter my mind. That's crossing over genres. You can't do that. Right. We never <laughs> do that here. Uh, also, the USMNT... Yeah, if this USMNT uh, social team wants to be prepared, just Photoshop uh, that DeAndre Yedlin over that gif of Frodo saying it's done, it's over. <laughs> we we would appreciate that. So, um, Is that a happy it's done, it's over, or a sad it's done, it's over? <laughs> See, that's the beauty of it. It can work both ways. Uh, and it makes up for tweeting about Greg Berhalter's shoes while the rest of USMNT MNT Twitter yells at you. That was a fun day, too. We're great. We're an awesome community. Um, so let's 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 talk about the uh, the midfielders. Obviously, our best player. I, I don't think that that's a hot take anymore. Um, is not here. He is hurt. He broke his foot. Um, and despite what the U.S. men's national team Twitter and Instagram says, we're going to talk about one guy who's listed here, or we're not going to talk about one of the guys who's listed here, and we are going to talk about a guy who's not listed here because they have very clearly mis. Um, labeled certain people with the last name uh, that begins with R. Uh, we'll talk about them last. So we've got Kellen Costa and Tyler Adams at nominally the six. Um, I say nominally because I think Acosta is going to play a ton at the eight. Um, this has been an experiment that has not worked out super well in the past. Um, he's good at the six. He's not great at the eight. Um, he's super good on set pieces, which might be uh, necessary in against Panama and Costa Rica. Um, but Kellen Acosta is an incredibly important piece here. Um, I want to kick it over to Kevin to uh, opine on the guy who's not here. Who? Lejet. Lejet is not here. Oh, who I alluded to earlier. Yes. See, that's a callback. Yes. 
You talked <laughs> about it before. <laughs> it wasn't in the show notes, man. I'm sorry. I didn't know what you were bringing me for. It just, it's odd that he's not here, even as a locker room presence. And you would think going into like the last window and I don't know, like rightfully or wrong, like, I don't know if it was right or wrong, but I've had this like opinion that legit and like legit and like Zardas to an extent were viewed not only as like really positive, like locker room presence dudes, but also like they knew the system well. They were just like, they were his guys. It's very strange that he's not around even just to keep the level up in practice. And like, from what I can tell the jets, like he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a professional. Like he, 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 seemingly tries to maximize the most out of his abilities that he can so i don't think that he shows up to practice and slouches so it's weird he's not around to help with the guys yeah um but i i think the thing is is that in the midfield so the other four names here are busio de la torre musa and again they have a name listed here who has i as far as i'm concerned has not played in the midfield for the u.s men's national team in two years in christian roldan every time he comes on he comes on as a winger and he comes on for like once a window for 17 minutes, people spend a lot of ink and time on Christian Roldan. He he's a good player for the Sounders. He does not play all that much for the U S men's national team. Like you don't have to get mad at him. It's fine. I think Um, it was scuffed. Did that really long format pod where they like basically did polls and questions about, it wasn't like GMs. It was like folks that were like internal to like all the MLS clubs. And they ask questions about like, who's like the best value in the league, who's most overpaid, et cetera, et cetera. And he was thought of extremely positively, like all through the community, as far as being like, he, he's a winner. He's who you want to have around it. And maybe he is the, you know, you can't have two of them on this roster because Busio and De La Torre have, have played themselves into the, into those slots. So Berhalter had to make the choice. Is it going to be rolled on? Who's like my, like, you know, player coach or is it legit? And, and, it, and it appears to be Roldan. Um, but Roldan, again, plays as a winger. And I want to bring up someone here who has never played as an eight, as far as I'm aware, under Berhalter, but plays it for his club and plays it well and might be really, really good at the thing that we need to be really, really good at in the midfield. And that is, of course, uh, our favorite son, Gio Reyna. I think that he's our, the, the, the podcast favorite because he really, really likes fighting and looking like a villain and scoring goals against Mexico. So... Um, so Gio Reyna is back. He's healthy. He went 90 today, um, in a disappointing draw for being honest, but in fairness though, he did, he started as a, a midfield, like an eight ten for Dortmund and then got switched to the wing and looked way better at the wing today than he did at, at in the midfield. Okay. So I don't know. So maybe, uh, so what I'm hearing is that for my purposes, the Dortmund coach was really, really smart until he moved him to the wing. Then he was dumb per our, <laughs> per our system. And, you know, that's just is what it is. See, I don't hate the idea of rolling four wingers. Like <laughs> when you've got, when you've got way, you know, way up Pulisic, Aaron, hopefully Aronson, or let's say we'll Aronson or Aronson yeah. or Ariola and uh, Reyna, you can divide 360 minutes between those four guys and just, like that's that's Jordan, nice. Jordan Morris. That's like having start. that's that, that's having four DNs that can all rush the quarterback. You know, that'd that's, be nice. Uh, um, I w- I would love I would love if if like hypothetically you had like a free roaming ten type. You know, like maybe one time we could use our guy who's really really good at that role and used to score a lot of goals doing it. 
whatever. Anyways, we'll get to the forwards in a second. But so in the midfield, um, the thing to note here is that uh, Tyler Adams is on a yellow. Uh, and I think Acosta is on a yellow, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there is a, a, a universe where James Sands becomes really important. But um, if you don't see Tyler Adams in Mexico, it's because Greg is punting on that game and he, need, he knows that he needs Tyler for Panama. Now, I would argue, uh, and we'll, we'll preview the games in a second, um, but I would argue you, you never know if someone's going to get a yellow and you might as well play uh, to win every time you go out there. Um, but so, so in terms of this, this midfield six, so to speak, um, obviously we have two locked in starters, um, in Musa and Adams. And then who, who do you guys prefer for that third spot? Not, not in any particular game, not with reference to, to rotation, but do you guys, do you guys want Busio there or do you want De La Torre? De La Torre would be my vote out of that, but I don't feel super strongly about it. You're talking about the Mexico game? It, no, no, without reference to 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 to, to the opponent. Without, Christian rolled on, but but uh, okay, without reference to the opponent. Yeah, I guess probably De La Torre. Yeah, I, I so so I would like Busio because I I like uh, Busio's hair a lot. Um, <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that much, like, go, much like our own Ben flowing locks. <laughs> Out of, he has had to play a bit more defensively for Venezia than I think De La Torre ever has to play. Well, and Busio's not playing very much either these days. You're right. Well, he had the he was on like yellow card accumulation or something like that, or he got sick. Right. And then yeah. like oddly enough, like Tanner Testman like was like starting almost in his spot, but Which, ever like, since then. We we love Tanner Testman, the godson of Dabo Swinney, but like Is he? Yep. Yeah. Yep, he is. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, uh, that Tanner Tessman is the godson of Dabo Swinney. Uh, I'm reporting that for the first time. Um, <laughs> um, but like, I love him. He's, he's, a, he's a podcast favorite as well. If he's starting games for you in Syria, you're going to have a bad time. Well, and they are. And they but, are. <laughs> yeah. They are thinking. <laughs> so it, that it doesn't it, work if it's actually factually accurate. I could put together like, complimentary lineups to either Busio or De La Torre where I'm like, oh, if you were to start these likely people together for this reason, then you have to play De La Torre versus Busio. I really think it comes down to like matchup and like what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, it, look, I've, like as far as I'm concerned, if you start Bello, you have to start De La Torre because you can't have two defensively minded people on the left. Um, you know, so that, that's sort of like my thing, despite the fact that Bello is theoretically an attacking fullback. Um, that is very theoretical. It's uh, more about like, if, are, do you want to play like connecting or do you want to hit people on a counter? Whereas like, I think that Busio is probably more comfortable with the game stopped in front of him trying to like pick a pass. Whereas De La Torre has like that Musa streak in him where he wants to like pick the ball up and just like drive at people. So if you want to, if you're going to trot out your like verticality wingers, I think De La Torre is like a great fit for that midfield. Whereas if it's like, oh, you're going to have rain on one side and you're playing Ferreira as a false nine and you want people to, to ping passes around, then maybe Busio. But I don't know, dude. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm not a coach. But you know, <laughs> but 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 you know who does know what they're talking about? Insert sponsor here. 
That was a good one. Good job, Ben, for coming in uh, with the very solid work there. Um, so uh, let's talk about the forwards. Um, there are a lot of them. Um, let's let's start with sort of the headline. Brandon Aronson may or may not be healthy. He may or may not be coming to camp. Um, Meg Swanick, uh, I don't know who she writes for, uh, reported that um, he would not be coming. Uh, shortly thereafter, she sort of went back on that and said maybe he is. Um, it's unclear as of the time of recording, but... Um, if he is here and if he can play, he is one of the rotation of, uh, four and you've got four, your, your wingers are the strongest group of wingers that, um, we can, we can do like Reyna, Pulisic, um, Wea and Aronson. Like that's, that's your, that's your team. That's your group. Um, and I, I think we, we also got, um, Ariola and Morris, uh, on the wing, um, Ariola and Morris, uh, if, if Aronson is not here, I can see Ariola being like sort of a one for one, right? Like, yeah. a, a... I mean, if he's your fourth winger, that's fine. If he's yeah. your starter, it's not great, but if he's your fourth winger, that's, you know, that's, that's cool. That's fine for depth. I could yeah. see Ariola though, coming on or killing off a game at Mexico. Oh yeah. Come on and like run really hard and be a dick. Yeah. See, see I actually want to, I want to, I want to say about, about Ariola as a starter. I don't hate him as a starter. Um, if you tell him, dude, you've got 60 minutes, go tire some folks out and then have Tim way run at tired legs. And if you, and if it's a game that you've lost, then it's like, well, Ariel is going 90, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't hate the idea of like burning his legs in Azteca with the altitude and, and everything. I liked Ariola a lot more though on the right is the complimentary like track back winger to Dest who can go marauding around. Would you have a guy who's going to, probably a more defensive discipline just because I don't think that you you don't coach Reggie Cannon or Yedlin to play the position like you do Dest. Like it's just, I don't think there's enough creativity on that side. So he kind of loses a little bit of his like luster, but yeah, to kill games, like awesome. Yeah. Go out there and just be an absolute, you know, maniac. And Jordan Morris is um, here. How has he been Kevin? Like I read, I heard he hasn't been informed for Seattle, but I haven't really watched. So I'll say he's shockingly has his legs under him for coming off of like a second ACL injury. Like against Leon, like he, he outran a lot of players to a lot of loose balls, especially at home. Um, I mean, they went into a shell and didn't play that great on the road, but they advanced. So good for them. He's been fine. You know, you're not going to see him and be like, wow, I didn't know that he's, he's not a reinvented player or he's going to be super technical and stuff, but. I think he plays how he's coached and he can run at people. So depending on game state, that yeah. can be if, useful. If you were the coach and you had to play him or Ariola, which one would you go with? Um, what's the score? I, probably Ariola, honestly, just because I think that we have, we have, we have, so you got to, you can only start two wingers, right? I don't know of a soccer formation that starts more than two, <laughs> three, four, three. Three, four, three. So, so you have wing backs and wingers. So you could start in that case. Ariola, Ariola absolutely has played wing back in his day. But I, yeah, I guess the point is, generally the way that we play, you're going to have one of two of three with it being Pulisic, Reina, and Wea starting a game. Um, and, and Ariola is like that next. So that means that you're going to have one of those three to sub on if you're chasing the game, versus if you're killing the game, it's Ariola. Like I just don't mm-hmm. know. It's kind of like what I was getting at with like James Sand versus John Brooks. Like I'm trying to think of like 
game states that we normally find ourselves in where James Sands is more useful than what John Brooks brings to the table. I'd say the same thing for Ariola versus Morris. Like I'd rather sub on Wea to run at people than Jordan Morris, but Ariola brings something very different to a game that can be useful in, in a way that not that Wea doesn't track back. He's, he's actually a pretty high energy guy as well, but he can bring something different that he's Morris just doesn't do. Playing. Honestly, like who's in form out of this lineup? Like Ferreira and Pulisic. Yep. Like none of these guys are playing or playing particularly well. Yeah. So that that brings us to our to our center forwards. Um, uh, ben, the the leading disciple of Jesus Ferreira, um, the apostle of Jesus, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I I think I'm going to give that to uh, Greg Velasquez over at Scuff, but I have come to I've come to appreciate him as well. He's like. There can be like, more than one. In fact, there can be true. 12. I'll try not to be the one. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, he kind of seems like he is skinny, less physical Josie Altador. <laughs> like he does similar things to what Josie did when he was playing well. But he's, you know, obviously much smaller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other two are are my favorite, uh, Jordan Pifot. Um who is just really, really good at banging in goals. And then we have Ricardo Pepe, who we seem to win when he plays, which, you know, whatever. Um, I like P-Folk because we've talked a lot on this podcast about why you bring players and why you, like, why you bring different types of players. And Ben, you alluded to it earlier, but like Jordan P-Folk brings something to the table that we don't have otherwise, which is a dude who you can just sort of be like, put it up there, see if he can come down with it, so to speak. Um, Pepe's not really that guy and Ferreira certainly not that guy. Um, and the only other really like great, um, aerial threat that we have, uh, is currently in a walking boot. Um, you know, West McKinney's not walking through that door. So you need someone who can like go get you something on a, on a, on a cross. Is Alan Gordon still playing for aerial threat? <laughs> He's not, but throw him up there. I yeah, mean, at this point. I mean, Does LeBron I, James want to come try? Like, right? we'll do anything off set pieces. Uh, I, That's I a totally like, different podcast. What if yeah. our best athletes play soccer? Um, I still like the idea of um, telling Clint Dempsey that if he, you, you give us 10 minutes uh, in each of the three games and we won't harass you until the World Cup. Like, you can go fish. You don't have to be on TV. Just 10 minutes in each of those three games. You're 38. Go do something. Is PFOC like the perfect striker to start at Mexico yes because he seems like he is the most efficient seeing the least of the ball of any one called up and I don't that the I don't think that the lineup that we're going to field is going to yield a lot of possession and a ton of chances and you need a dude who can smash and grab and I, I see I don't watch his games in entirety, but I, I've watched I've I've watched replays of almost every PFO goal now for like god probably a year and it's always in transition. It's it's not some like well orchestrated like ticky tack. It's just like the dude smashing grabs like and like a boss. And it's just nice to see someone who's efficient enough in front of goal to 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 pop up like at least every other week in my notifications. Like oh, P Fox scored again, son of a gun. Let's go on Reddit and see what it looked like. And that's what we're gonna need in Mexico. Uh, yeah, and 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 he he's he's sort of as far as I'm concerned, the one who is the most likely to like eh, you a goal, right? Like, like where it's like, you're like, well, we didn't deserve that, but shit, 
Why not? He does. He does a lot of eh goals where it's like, well, like well, just weird. Like the the pass is like redirected and like loops in front of him, and he like nods at well, home. He's got like yeah, what, like twenty four, twenty five goals this year. How many a, of them are, it's a skill. How many of them are headers? Like twenty two. Yes, <laughs> like all of them. I, See, the funny thing about eh goals is that they count just the same as the other goals. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. Um, Jordan Morris uh, aside, that that goal. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, where he just sort of tripped in front of goal and it like went off of his sternum into the back of the net. Are you talking about the one against Galaxy? I yeah. think I think that like uh, Julian Araujo was the one who actually like kicked it in in the end, but I think they credited Morris for it. Um, so that was fun. Uh, speaking of Julian Araujo, um, he of uh, former Mexico, yeah, formerly formerly of the U.S. men's national team, currently of the Mexico national team. Uh, El Tree, as they uh, are called, uh, because there are three colors on their flags. I actually don't know if that's why. Oh, wow. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, tree. Three. Okay, get to the point. Get, the, the point is, is that um, we have a game uh, in Azteca. We do not win games in Azteca um, ever. That's <laughs> a national policy? Uh, you got one. We got one friendly. We, uh, we've not Is that the one that Michael Friggin or Roscoe scored a goal in? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We have never won a competitive game in Azteca. There you go. Um, we've gotten a couple draws, if I remember correctly. Uh, the Michael Bradley chip from the God. Michael Bra- that's what I was that thinking That was amazing. Um, he's still playing the six professionally, just saying. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but. So, so this is this is the first game. Like, we're going to talk about the window as a whole because I think if you go game by game, it sort of misses the point. Um, we need four points, um, and like three of those are accounted for. Panama, you you got to win. You got to beat Panama. Um, if you want, if you don't want to play in a random game on June sixteenth in Qatar against, let's be honest, New Zealand, you got to <laughs> beat Panama. Um, and so, so that, that game is your, is your, is your top dogs, right? Like, so from, from our point of view as a podcast, we're probably going Ferreira, Wea, Pulisic, Musa, Del Torre, Adams, um, and then Inshallah from the defense, I guess. Uh, but, but for Mexico, I think that you got to look at it as, you know, Ben, you, you asked the question earlier, like, do you go for it or not? And I think that the John Herdman in Nashville approach is the way to go is you you play it out 60 minutes and if it's a train wreck you say well we weren't supposed to win anyways move on and if you can go grab a point or three i doubt three but if you can go grab a point you go do it um so what what are you guys hoping for i i've I've stated that i i think that we should go with the with the 60 and and see where you are um but do you guys want to like go at this like balls to the wall play everybody 270 try your best no I think you take some kind of measured approach of Mexico, rest most of your, you know, A1 starters. And then yeah. really, you, you got to win it. You got to win. You got to beat Panama. Like that's, that's World Cup qualifying. You got to beat Panama at home. You do win that game. And I don't know what the exact odds are, but you beat Panama at home and you're in. Well, yeah, you, it would if, require Costa Rica to have like a nine point window otherwise. Yeah. And, like, and, and I think if you beat Panama, um, you're, you clinch you clinch the fourth game. Right. Um, so there will be additional meaningful soccer in pursuit of Qatar. Um, so Panama, you, you go with your best. And I think my, my, my point of view with Mexico 
is I think that you play a, a, a theory, right? Like, you know, run fast, try hard as a theory. I love it. I love the idea of playing a three-man backline or a five-man backline rather with, you know, Acosta and Busio as your midfield and Ariola and Morris and P-Folk up top. And you say, look, defend. And if you can break, break hard and break with reckless abandon. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm looking at schedules here and I did not realize this. We got to be, we got to root for Canada hard. Yep. They play, yep. they play yep. uh, away to Costa Rica in the first game and they play away to Panama on the last game. They, they draw or win those games and our friendly Northern neighbors just put us in the world cup. Yeah. So, so Canada has a huge say in this. Um, unfortunately they've already clinched. Um, although I think at this moment uh, is they, they haven't clinched straight through. They've clinched the, the, the um, playing game. So, yeah. so they do need to get a point against Costa Rica. And if they get a point against Costa Rica, they can sort of coast. But I think if, if Costa Rica drops two right there, they're screwed. If I'm not mistaken. They need a nine point window. Yeah. Yeah, they're at 16. So they would, yeah, that would put them at 25. Yeah. 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 So they need, they need a nine point window um, because, you know, that's just, that's just the situation. So if, if Canada can get a point off Costa Rica, I wonder if Costa Rica uh, crumbles in that third game. And so, you know, we're the more desperate team as opposed to them grabbing six points in those first two games and, and us being in a bloodbath. And it would be so nice not to have to worry about that third game. Just yeah. play, play backups. We're qualified. So that's, relax. that's, that's why I wanted to talk about it as a whole, because part of me thinks like, if you try really hard to get a point at Mexico, then you're playing at home to go to the world cup. You win, you're in because mm-hmm. four points you're in. Um, and like, I, I, there's a lot of appeal to that as opposed to like, let's get three points against Panama. And uh, let's hope that we can, we don't need to go get a point in San Jose, which again, like we've talked about um, like CONCACAF away isn't actually hard. It's hard in two places and it's the two places we're going. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard in San Jose and it's hard in Mexico. So um, it, it would just be so weird to like teams just don't take nine out of a window. Like I know the math and I, I, I stay up at night thinking about it, but it just like <laughs> feels odd that like, it would be so weird for Costa Rica to actually really pull off a nine point window to somehow like screw us out of a spot. Like it really does come down to just like beating Panama. Like, yes, mm-hmm. obviously like, yeah. Costa Rica can show up and beat Canada, a team that like hasn't lost yet in qualifying. Fine. It can happen, but it just, we did the stupid rotation crap when we went down to, was it El Salvador? Panama. Panama. Or, or I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Panama. That's why. Which really game. looks like an oversight at this point. Yes. Which is why <laughs> that really is the game that, that has us in this Panama predicament. Yep. If, if you take two off of their point total or three off add of their one point to total, us. Yeah. Like you, you th- take two off of theirs, you add one to us and suddenly we need two points this window. Yeah, it was this Panama ordeal that we just completely screwed up. Um, Alternatively, if we if we had beaten um, El Salvador, we'd be in much better shape as well, um, as opposed to Jamaica. Jamaica or Jamaica. Yeah, I guess my point is 
there were certain like, but it was that Panama game in particular thing. where we did that like silly like like middle game rotation where we put out like didn't Jackson Yule start that game? I don't know. It was a. I'm well, serious. I, I'm. I'm. I, I can look. I'm pretty certain he did, which tells you how long qualifying has been going on for. That like we've like completely moved on from players that we were starting in road qualifiers before. And I like at, I, oh, at this point, don't go for broke. Like, there's no point to be like, oh, we 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 only think about the next game. Like, we've already played this stupid game of trying to be cute about rotating rosters, and it burned us once. Don't get proud today and say, oh, we're going to Aztec and we're taking three. And it's like the 33rd minute and Adams gets his yellow card and we end up losing two nothing anyways. And then we're completely hosed uh-huh. at the six against Panama. Well, like there's an amount of rotation that's okay, but you can't roast, rotate wholesale, put in eight backups and expect to get like a decent level of performance. Just like think about it, like the gold cup when we do the group group stages, that third group stage game where we play all the backups always sucks like you can't rotate eight or nine guys you can rotate three and still i think get a decent level of performance but that away panama game he did the whatever he rotated seven or eight guys and you can't expect seven or eight backups to play like the starters you can expect two or three backups to do okay with the main group but i don't know yeah. So, so I think, I think like my thing is, is that when you go to Mexico, like there are certain players who you want to protect. Like I don't want Christian playing in Mexico because I, I don't want him to get hurt and they will hurt him. It's what they do traditionally. Um, but like, if you, if you told me we're rolling out there with, with um, Wea and, and Ariola or Wea and Morris, like, cool, great. Aaronson. Like, Aaronson, if he's healthy, if, if Aaronson were healthy and we could roll out Wea and Aaronson, I would be ecstatic. There's only three players, and prior to Dest getting hurt, he would have been the fourth just because, again, Dest, I think, he just does, has not played. He's played magnificently at home and t- kind of terribly on the road. But there's, like, three players you protect. It's Adams for yellow card accumulation, and you don't start Pulisic Arena, and you do the let it run 60, 65 minutes. And if it feels like a double sub where you bring on the big guns to go get that result, you do it. But otherwise, three nothing. You just leave out whoever's yeah, you out don't, there. Yeah, Jordan I, Morris comes on, and, and you fly me down. And I'll play the other wing. I, 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 what I wonder here's here's sort of the a question I have about Mexico. We've seen that Yunus Musa cannot do it twice in a row. Like we we have we have enough information from the last couple of cycles that like that second game of a back to back for him, he he can't he can't do it. So would you start Musa in Mexico or are you going to roll out there with um, Acosta at the six and, and Busio and De La Torre? That midfield just doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, that well, group, honestly, like you just look at the list of guys and it doesn't look good. <laughs> no, but like if you think about it, like rolling out there with Acosta, um, oh my God, it's the bad midfield. Busio Acosta De La Torre. <laughs> Yeah. That's too on the nose. Uh, <laughs> Even Jason figured it out? Come on. <laughs> I think I think you go I think you go Acosta Musa De La Torre and you sub Musa at like sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like really chasing the game. Maybe you'll you let him run, but I agree. Yeah, I I don't think he can play ninety. I, I in fact at I would say this, if we're down two in the first half, which is very possible, um, 
pull him at yeah. pull him in half. Yeah. Just pull him in Honestly, half. Honestly, if Adams if Adams didn't have that yellow card, I'd start him both games because I, I I believe in his motor, but yeah. I just don't think you can risk the yellow. Yeah. I, oh yeah, he could go two seventy for us if it wasn't oh, yeah. for the accumulation. Yeah, you, I, he could do a four game window. Like I'm convinced that. <laughs> Provide not I mean, seriously provided his like because he had those like back issues like I don't know two uh-huh. years ago and recently, <laughs> but provided his back pulls out like I think that like I think he has the mental endurance to do it as well like I just don't think that he fatigues or rattles like ever like, yeah I have a, I have a lot of faith in his human spirit is <laughs> off the charts he's got a lot of that American grit in him that's right like, like he he's to to use the phrase we get around, less of that and more skill. Yeah, lots of grit. Like, like I would love to have like Pulisic, but he got that dog in him. See, dogs. That's how it works. Um, yeah. So, so I think um, you know, as we as we sort of prepare for this window, we've been talking for a while now. Um, you know, what are you guys at? Like, what? What? what I'm not normally. I ask for like a, a result based on each game, but I think that that's sort of beside the point. Um, how many points out of the window, and is it enough? What do you guys think? Four. I think we get three, panic. and I think yes. it's enough. Ben says three, and it's enough. Stumpy, what do you got? I said four. Utter panic, and yes. Okay, Kevin, what do you got? I think in a weird, I think that in a weird way we get six. I think that Canada actually breaks Costa Rica in that first game, and I think and mathematically, like yeah. I could see we, we we either get zero or six points. That's how this is going to go. <laughs> um, so so I think that that that's sort of it. And and you know, from my perspective, I'm I'm thinking we're we're going to go out and get five. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna get a result in Mexico. I think it's gonna to gonna give us the the confidence we need to get that that three in Panama. And I think that it's going to be a very lazy Wednesday um, against Costa Rica. Uh, so as a, before, before we, uh, we leave just, um, dear listeners, some, some scheduling changes as always during the world cup window, we will not have a Wednesday night episode, uh, that will be an immediate reaction following the Mexico game, which kicks at 7 PM Eastern, 10 PM Eastern, 10 PM Thursday, 10 PM, 10 PM. That's awesome. For those of us on the West coast, apologies to those (laughs) on the East coast. Um, we will record immediately after that. And then um, regular schedule uh, recording right after um, the other two games of the window. Uh, we will be having on our YouTube, we will be having a the third episode of the American Football for Brits uh, will be tomorrow, uh, tonight, by the time you're listening to this. Uh, feel free to sign on, ask us questions. Um, we will be having special guest, Otto Regal, Regal, Regar. <laughs> The guy who won the Euro with Greece and had them play awful football. That is an amazing one. coach. We, will be having... we should probably learn. We should probably learn how to pronounce that before we. Yes. Get on an interview. So Wednesday morning uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, he will be on the YouTube channel with us. Uh, we'll be asking him questions. Uh, he's got a new documentary out. We've got the director as well. Um, feel free to sign in. Check us out for that. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to find uh, some some rankings and some grades about the uh, the games after they happen, if they are good games, they will happen quickly. If they are bad games, not so much. <laughs> um, but you can find Ben at halfspaces.com as well as at BL Herald. Um, 
Ben, do you have anything anything written coming up that 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 people should look out for before the uh, the window? Uh, no, I still have the the Canada loss half graded. It may or may not get done sometime ever. <laughs> we we uh, dear listeners, please send whiskey to Ben so that he can do that <laughs> game. It's just so we have like a full window thing. Um, Kevin obviously doesn't participate in writing, and he's not on uh, Twitter. And that person who I keep tagging on Twitter is not him because that person doesn't let me follow them. Um, <laughs> you request me? I'm sorry. Like six months ago. Um, He's also texted you about it at least twice. Um, Kevin uh, obviously doesn't believe I don't even know where to go on here to accept follower requests. Awesome. Uh, if you can find him, this is, this is like a bounty hunt. If you can find him on Twitter or, or on, uh, on Reddit. I have seven or... follower, <laughs> follower awesome. requests. They're uh, all Asa. They're all me. Uh, <laughs> or that one guy in all of his burners. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually <laughs> that guy, five of his burners and me. Um, just so he can block you. Uh, so uh, if you can find Kevin on Discord or Reddit and give us his uh, username, you win a prize. And um, that prize might be real. It could even be a boat. Um, for all of your worst takes, please at Mr. Mojo Rising 89. Um, for all of your best takes, please at the, uh, the podcast account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. It's almost always me. Um, don't at my personal account because I don't check it and I don't want to. Um, another thing that we're not quite checking yet, we'll, we'll, we'll start checking it soon, is the Instagram, which is not live, but we're going to get that going soon. A uh, special thank you to our sponsors, whoever Blue Wire decided to put in, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Um, and thank you to you, the listener. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your burner accounts, tell that guy uh, to like, subscribe, and share. Um, and uh, as always, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Imagine how many five-star reviews we could get if all of his burners did it. Podcast Network.